0: Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for January 27. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. Words, words, words. Have you ever wondered about the power of words? Words are at the heart of special moments in our lives. Asking the girl or the guy out for a date. Committing ourselves in marriage. Or saying yes to a job. Emily Dickinson wrote this of words. A word is dead. When it is said, some say, I say it just begins to live that day. I'll be exploring more about the power of words shortly. But first, let me note that the Word on Wednesday is a ministry of the Anglican Connection, which is not just for Anglicans. Everyone is welcome. Furthermore, you may want to register for our upcoming online conference. Details can be found at www.anglicanconnection.com However, you need to act now for registration closes at midnight this Thursday, January 28. Register for $25 at www.anglicanconnection.com And now we have a reading from the Bible.
1: A reading from the Gospel of St. Mark, Chapter 1, Verses 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Words, words, words. We're constantly bombarded by them. From social media, email and text messages, our phones, television and movies. And now you're hearing words from me. Have you ever wondered why words are so powerful? Words on the tongue of the comedian can make us laugh, but words on the lips of the cynic can cut down and demolish. The words, I love you, bring the thrill of joy and hope to couples in love. But the words... We've done all we can, from the medical specialist in times of sickness, grip us with fear and a sense of impending loss. Emily Dickinson wrote this of words. A word is dead when it is said, some say. I say it just begins to live that day. Come with me to Mark chapter 1 verses 21 and 22. They went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus regularly attended the church of his day, the Jerusalem temple or the local synagogue in towns and villages. Mark tells us that Jesus began his public ministry in the town of Capernaum in the northern shore of Lake Galilee. We can begin to picture the scene. Jesus was the guest preacher that day in the local synagogue, and as he spoke, everyone sat up and listened, for he taught with authority. People could see that he wasn't like their usual speakers, the scribes. The scribes so dependent on the authority of others were diffident and cautious, ambiguous and lacking clarity. But Jesus was different. He spoke as one who knew first-hand what he was talking about. He spoke with a personal command of his subject. He spoke with clarity as he talked of God and humanity, of righteousness and hope. His hearers were stunned. They'd never heard anything like it before. And not surprisingly, he caused a stir. But there was another facet to Jesus' words. In verse 23 we read, Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Mark doesn't hesitate to record this voice of protest. Jesus' words didn't necessarily bring harmony and peace. Opposition came from a demon-possessed man who up until that moment had been quite happy to be in the congregation but that day was different. This demon-possessed man was confronted with a greater power, and he knew it. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. While some will dismiss Mark's assessment as myth, saying it doesn't fit with modern psychiatry, we can note that medical science today suggests that some psychotic behavior occurs for organic reasons. Brain tumors, drug addiction, or even genetic factors. Indeed, in the same way that we bring prayer and medicine to bear on cancer, we can bring prayer and psychiatry together when a person is mentally ill. What is clear, however, that there are some mentally and emotionally sick people today who, like this man, are in the grip of alien forces. And whether we regard these forces as real or imaginary, they are irresistible as irresistible as the impulse that drove that man to call out that day sometimes mentally disturbed people are aware of supernatural realities in a way that most people are not this man recognised jesus as the christ the son of god not even the disciples had woken up to this consider jesus response in verse 25 but jesus rebuked him saying be silent and come out of him. Be silent is literally, be muzzled, or colloquially, shut up. Jesus wouldn't accept the compulsory testimony to his divinity given by evil powers. Rather, he wants our voluntary recognition that he is both God and man. And so he ordered the spirit to be quiet and to come out of the man. And notice what happened and the unclean spirit throwing him into convulsions and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. The spirit obeyed. There's only one word for that. Power. Power of the kind we have never seen, not even in churches today that claim they have the power to heal. Mark's focused report here powerfully conveys God's authority, energy and vitality, evident in Jesus' words. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching? With authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Jesus' words and actions were unprecedented. They confirmed what the crowds had begun to suspect, that he was invested with a unique authority. Jesus was not only a powerful speaker, he commanded extraordinary power with his words. Indeed, as Mark's Gospel unfolds, we're invited to see that into our world of darkness and despair, a light of hope has come. It awakens us to the reality that Jesus can't be ignored. The voices around us may try to shut him up, but he will have the final say. Every one of us needs to treat him seriously. Why is it then that we are so often silent about our faith? Isn't it true that often we are afraid? Afraid of what others will think of us? Afraid of what it might mean for our job? Afraid for the word of the gospel? That it won't work? We need to remember the power of words in God's hands. He has used words to reveal Himself to us. It's the combination of words and the work of His Spirit that changes and transforms lives.
1: The power and the glory are yours, now and for ever. Amen.
0: A Prayer for This Week. Lord God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do nothing good without you, grant us the help of your grace, so that in keeping your commands, we may please you both in will and in deed. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
2: Let us pray. Sovereign Lord God, direct with your wisdom and power the leaders of the nations. Lord, give them such wisdom and understanding that they may restrain wickedness and vice and uphold justice and truth through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, the creator and preserver of all humankind, we humbly pray for all who are in any kind of trouble, sorrow, sickness, anxiety, or need. We particularly pray for those who lost loved ones through COVID-19. We thank you that a vaccine has now been produced and pray that it will be made available both speedily and fairly so that all peoples and nations may benefit. Father, we also continue to pray for people who suffer because of injustice, poverty, and powerlessness. Lord, enable us to share with others the material things that they need. Most of all, in your great mercy, bring comfort and hope through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who died and rose to save us, and give us meaning and hope forever. We ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
0: And now may the peace of God
1: People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardew and Zachary Hicks. The hymn, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven, is sung by the choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, nineteen seventy eight, and the Bible readings are from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And remember to register for the Anglican Connection online conference at www.anglicanconnection.com.